0: You're listening to Very Loose Women. I'm Emma, and as usual, I'm joined by Leo. Hi. And we're really excited to welcome honorary sixth Very Loose Women, sound artist, friend, and a third of the band, Sebastian Belmoth into the studio. Hi, Ilya. Hello,
1: how
2: are you? Yeah, I'm all right. How,
0: how are you?
2: Um, I'm very happy to be sixth honorary member, but as I found out in the conversation at the pub, you've actually got four members that kind of interchange in terms of you Who's know, number one? No, we, their stature. We,
1: structure, we structured it. Emma's number one. I'm number two. <laughs> I'm comfortable with it. It's fine. Look, like, let's, went away not, let's not
0: start a fight about it. But you're sixth, which is I'm pretty a, happy a about real that. honor. It, and, you know, Freddy's on his way. Engineer Freddie, is hey. in the studio. He's on his way. Number seven. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, thank you very much for coming in today. Obviously, you'll remember from, being, from engineering the show, we always start with a gripe of the week. So has anyone got one? Do you want to start, Yeah. yeah? Um, Do you remember your gripe? Would you like me to start?
2: Yeah, you start, now.
0: Okay, I've, so I was thinking about this earlier, and, I, you know, because obviously we sometimes have a gripe, sometimes we have a mini-celebration, and this week I've got two gripes, and I was kind of hoping they, that means they cancel out and form a mini-celebration. Is that how no. gripes work? No. No. It's not. Okay. Okay, no, never mind then. Um, I got two gripes. Uh, number one is, um, for the second Wednesday in a row, I've been beaten up by a six-year-old, which is not fun, and... My other gripe starts as a mini celebration. So, like, often I don't do any laundry until I've already run out of underwear. That's, like, the point when I do it, okay? So, obviously, sometimes you have a day where you're not wearing any pants. That's not great, I think. I don't really enjoy that. But, basically, I found, you know, it's always useful if you've had, like, a kind of sloppy ex-boyfriend who leaves his belongings everywhere in your house, then you end up with some, like, old boxer shorts that you can wear. So today I'm wearing some, like, ex-boyfriend boxer shorts. But they're so uncomfortable, I don't understand how men wear them. Like, it's just like wearing shorts under your trousers. What's the point? What, boxes? Yeah. You know, I've got a funny story about boxers.
1: Um, in that I was told to... I had these, these boxes from, like... Two thousand. They were like my, from my first year of uni and they had so many holes in them that I was asked to throw them away.
0: That is my story.
2: I have a story about boxes as well, actually. Oh,
0: great. <laughs> Go on. I can't wait. Well,
2: I, I, I'm exactly at the same point in a week where I don't have any spare underwear. Uh. So today it turns out that the last spare underwear piece of underwear I've got, are the ones that are too big. And uh, Laura kindly pinned them in for me and said that she'd, you know, make them smaller, fit. And then I found another spare pair, thankfully. So now I've got, you know, it's not a very interesting story, but I thought I'd just throw it <laughs> in there relevant because it's, yeah. And I,
0: that, what can we ask for if not relevance? That's interesting, though, because you would end up with, like, a tailor-made <laughs> pair of boxes.
2: Exactly.
1: How That's quite that? incredible. Yeah. Wow.
2: So shout-outs um, to Laura. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And, Leo, what's your gripe? Yeah, <laughs> interesting I've got a
1: gripe. So I've got, like, behind my rib um, on my right kind of boob area, it feels like I've got sticky-back plastic, like, between like my lung and whatever organ it is below that and so Are like your diaphragm yeah so sometimes when i bend over and then bend up again it feels like they're unsticking from each other and I don't know if this is like something where we need Dr. Jenny.
0: We do have a, our, our physician friend, Dr. Jennifer Jane Rothdale. Um She often helps us with medical problems. Unfortunately, she's not in the studio today or often, um, but maybe we'll give her a call later on in the day to when check on that because I'm not sure that that's normal. Sorry. Um, okay. Well, Ilya, I remember your gripe. Do you want me to remind you? Um,
2: well, is it the one that was sort of combined with the mini celebration? Yes, it yeah, is. So I've got a celebration and a gripe. So the celebration is that um, I'm getting married. Yeah. Um, to the aforementioned congratulations uh, or well done, as
0: Leo said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you conned <laughs> someone into it. Well done.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So we knew about that for ages, and we just finally, found, uh, you know secure the date so that's very good but the the gripe comes from the fact that we wanted to originally to get married live on air on resonance uh and do it in this little studio in the center of uh barra and have all of our guests out in the courtyard not being able to fit but actually listening on the on the fm but How it turns cool out i know right
1: oh my gosh um
2: it turns out that you can get married uh legally in a place of work or if it's a public place which resonance kind of is you have to um you know, you have to apply for a license, but it's not a one-off license. You have to apply for a three-year license. And I'm just not sure if...
1: We- Everyone, can we please campaign to Ed Baxter to get this done? I want, I want residence to be a place I've, of weddings. I reckon a lot of people would choose to get married in the studio live on air. I but think how cool. disruptive
2: would that be to the fabric of the station?
1: Not it would vary. add a whole other dimension. It's a mm. community radio station. What's more community ish than marrying people?
2: It could be just like a show, a monthly show or something specifically for <gasps> the that. Wedding, wedding show. of the week. That's yeah. so
0: cool. Yeah. I like that idea. I think we should pitch it. Very loose weddings. <laughs> Very loose weddings. Great. We've already got a name for it. Yeah. Listeners, please inundate Resonance with requests for um, <laughs> it. Yeah, acquiring a marriage license so we can make our dreams come true. Okay. And so that's your mini celebration. And your gripe, I suppose. Yeah. Leo, I think you had a mini celebration. I I did. So I bought a Eurostar ticket today, and
1: um, I went on Eurostar Snap, which is like a cheaper version. I don't know why it's a different website. Anyway, so I not only did I buy the wrong direction between London and Paris, but I also bought for the 3rd of December instead of the 3rd of January. I'm confused as to why this is a celebration because it sounds
0: like you've done a few things wrong.
1: Yeah. So I was massively stupid. So I tweeted them. I Facebooked them, like a whole bunch of stuff. And then I called them up and I spoke to this wonderful person on the line who was like, I'll just switch it to you to the 3rd of January for the correct direction. And it was £10 to change it. I got to keep the old price of tickets and I couldn't find that price for the date that I actually wanted in the direction that I wanted. That's a good
0: sneaky, sneaky t- technique then, incredible.
1: isn't it? It was I was so surprised. And I was like, all I wanted really was for her to cancel it because I was so like, I was just so stupid and annoyed at myself. But being foolish paid off. That is what I learned today. Being the really like stupid lesson. means you win in the end.
2: I had a very similar story where I accidentally wrote in Laura's name, surname in, in the EasyJet sort of. Uh, customer information thing is Laura passport because I was calling to her in the next room. Like, can you get your passport for the passport Laura number? Laura passport is Laura. a cute name, though. And then once you, <laughs> once you go through to the next stage, they don't let you change it. So um, I had to. Uh, you know, get charged for changing it, but yeah, I had another really nice person on the phone that did it for free.
0: I wonder how many people accidentally type in passport as either their first or second name. It must
2: happen all the time. It
0: must. You can't be the only one. Um, so speaking of the Eurostar, I'm really excited about this, because I think this is my mini-celebration. We've been sent an irrelevant joke about the Eurostar, and I'm really I'm hoping that I'm going to not butcher it. Okay, so recently our friend Duncan was getting a Eurostar, and he accidentally walked through the barrier and was stopped by the guard. As he apologized for not being sure about the etiquette, the guard replied, it's pronounced E-ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Wait, is this for reals? Um, I think he made the joke up. Oh no! But, he, what? but in his effect, he was on the Eurostar, and he, I think, did have a an e-ticket, so you can see where he got the inspiration from. Yeah, Kydrick. but I want it to be a real story. Okay, it's a real story. <laughs> um, so, listen, we've got Ilya on here to talk about mainly about well, a lot of things that are happening in your life, um, not just the wedding, but also the band that you're in. So, I did a little bit of research, of course, because I'm a serious journalist. That's what journalist. You have to do, <laughs> exactly. And I found out yeah. that you guys are in an intellectually challenging and explorative post-punk band now can you explain yourself what does that mean
2: um so what that means is that we normally sing about stuff that other people don't sing about that's like a remit um so i was saying off mic earlier that the way we structure our songs when we start writing stuff is i'd be like i don't know reading a book about um or an article about, uh, I don't know, nuclear waste dumping in uh, rural Australia, and that's that would be kind of that would start a kind of a train of thought or um, a process of kind of um, association that would form ideas together, and slowly the songs would build, the lyrics would come together, and would form a loose structure for an album, and then come to the radio and talk about it.
0: I see. I like the projection. Okay, so what is new for your band at the moment? You've you've put an album out recently.
2: Yeah, so we've put an album out on Must Die Records, who are based in Blackpool, who are really cool. Um, it's called Koopa Piti Kunga Tuta, which is um, the name of an Aboriginal um, uh, group uh, formed by um, female elders who were uh, angry about the Australian government trying to dump nuclear waste on their land. Uh, in the town of Kuber Petty, uh, which is a really interesting place in itself because it 's a place where everybody lives underground because it 's too hot uh, to live on the surface, and it 's famous for its opal mining and that is that parallel is drawn between um, the way that we were recording the album as well. We were uh, housed in a an underground bunker in Leyton, and we were recording all of our songs there. Um, so there 's this sort of literal underground music happening, uh, and uh, I also have this minor obsession with nuclear holocaust and what what would it be like to live underground for the rest of your life and there 's always that 's kind of that albums bring it to a head, but there are a lot of other themes in there as well, like um desert dolphins and
0: um, what what are <laughs> desert dolphins there's
2: a, the, the cover shows a a dolphin in um the in absolute agony, living out its final days.
0: Is that a concept that you've come up with yourself or is that a pre-existing thing that people discuss? No,
2: that actually came out of a painting by Matisse called The Dance, where you have um, a group, a circle of orange people dancing around in a circle. Um, and it's meant to take you back to um, this kind of primal time before written language, when music was the, the sort of the guiding force in our communication. And I reworked that painting at one point, uh, changing all the characters, and there'd be like uh, an evil pope, and there would be uh, the the artist who was uh, took the form of a, a naked and angry Joseph boys, and he was kicking this uh, um, lovesick dolphin in the stomach. And that image
0: <laughs>
2: sort of <laughs> extrapolated into this... Uh, into this record cover.
0: That makes perfect sense to me. I have no more questions about that at all. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> uh, and do you guys have any gigs coming up?
2: Well, we're just talking to the guys at Club Integral. Um, oh, so we might have a show with them in uh, the last week of January. So have a look out for that. But nothing else is confirmed.
0: Um, I want to know, what is a typical gig like for you?
2: Um, well, they've been getting um, more and more sort of cohesive because I um, learned how to engineer in the station. So I know what actually music technology, what it's meant to sound like now. Um, So they've been getting better. But yeah, a typical gig would consist of us playing um, really loud uh, 13-minute songs um, at some stages where I would be going into the crowd and on occasion wrapping microphone cords around people's necks and stuff and making everybody feel really uncomfortable.
1: Are you very different when you're on stage? Yes. <laughs> what, what would you say that you're like?
2: Uh, I have a completely different personality, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a character that I play that isn't related to um, who I am in everyday life.
0: Um, what has been your worst ever gig?
2: This is a very easy question to answer. We did the show in... Uh, that sort of, uh, what is it, no man's land between Christmas and New Year when everybody's left and, um, you know, to visit their family and stuff. And it was in a place called the um, the Islington. Yeah, don't do a gig there. It's terrible. And um, it's one of those shows where they they have like seven, eight bands on at night and they're like, yeah, bring your friends. We'll give them free Sambuca. And then you get there.
0: I, <laughs> I don't know this kind of show. Like I love how you said. Like you know the kind of place <laughs> you will get free sambuca. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: You, it's sort of just an excuse to just have people come and spend money at the bar because the bar isn't making any money. So the more bands you have on, um, the more people they bring. If they didn't have any bands on, they would have nobody at the bar. That's kind of the way these kind of things work. So um, normally you have a sound check or about five. So we turn up at five and they're like, Yeah, yeah, sorry, there's a band on now. Like you and basically they kept us waiting. Um and we weren't on until about half ten, so we just got really, really drunk. And um, you know, kept discussing this um problem of promoters um sort of uh taking the Mickey out of bands and you know, the hopeful um creative people out there. Um and then when it actually came to our turn and there was nobody there, apart from my parents, and a couple of random people, we just, just thought, well, I thought, um, I've had enough and uh, started trashing their equipment. And they uh, cut the set short and kicked us out and threatened to call the police. It was really fun. Whoa. It was really funny.
0: Did your parents enjoy it?
2: Um, they did. Um, and my brother had to intervene and be like, "This is, this is okay.
0: This is art, <laughs> yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: That's pretty much how it went, yeah.
0: Um, are there any bands that you particularly want to sound like Then, What is your sound that you're going
2: for? Um, well, there's a, a few bands that um, I really admire, one of which is Sonic Youth because they're very dynamic. Uh, they make noisy pop music and um, same goes for a band called Liars. But um, we all listen to lots of different things and just it's it's always a conscious de- decision to sort of, you, you hear something you like, you pull a little bit from that um, and you can bind it into this sort of collage that sort of represents yourself at the end of the day. So um, it's not like we try to sign like Sonic Youth or Nirvana or anything like that, but um, there are always going to be these reference points floating about.
1: In your in the video, the surfing one, mm. um, you seem to have face paint on. Do you wear face paint? Is that face paint? Do you wear face paint at your gigs? It is
2: face paint, and I used to wear that face paint at gigs, but we've sort of finished that arc conceptual arc now and we're going into a new place and i'm not quite sure exactly where that's going to be i think possibly we might all be wearing white like born again christians which is an idea that we play with periodically sometimes and it frightens people which i quite like
0: or the kkk yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs) is it possible for us to hear a song
2: uh yeah absolutely
0: okay so it's going to be a bit different i guess it's just you have an acoustic guitar and maybe you're not going to be wandering around strangling any of us in the studio with the microphone
2: yeah, so this song is called 21st Century Blues and it's about the internet. You are my favourite Facebook friend Even though I've never met you face to face Your avatar's amazing It looks like you're smoking a rocket-shaped doobie from space Instagram feed shares with me Your whole toolkit of extravagant Colors, tastes and desires along with, pictures, along with a few Candid nude pictures Along with a few Candid nude pictures Along with a few Candid nude pictures Sometimes when I'm tired I look through your window And watch as you silence With legs crossed, picking your toes enslaved by the screen like the wizard, from oz enslaved by the screen like the wizard, from oz enslaved by the screen like the wizard, from oz your habits unknown to the men on one of your neighbors knows exactly how soon your periods do they've read all your emails aside from your boyfriend but he's clearly senile aside from your boyfriend but he's clearly senile aside from your boyfriend but he's clearly senile with holes in your pockets and a face full of booze and vomit all over your new jimmy choos rolex pacemaker designer genetics i think it's now time you embrace dynetics i think it's now time you embrace twitter and blogging like mental this ipad is new oh pray please be gentle trolling the queen like you've nothing to lose sounds like the 21st century blues sounds like the 21st
0: like really feeble. It's like just one person. Although I guess you're familiar with that from your previous gig you were just telling us about. Oh, yeah. So moving on slightly, um, you've got an exhibition coming up soon. Can you tell us a bit about that?
2: Yeah, so um, I don't just write music. I'm also a sound artist. And uh, for the last year and a half, I've been uh, studying uh, for an MA, uh, reading for an MA in sound art at the London College of Communication. And I've been specializing um, within the last six months or so in radio art. So sort of uh, interrogating what radio art means in uh, creative practice. And that sort of came out of um, looking at sound mirrors, which are these um, structures built by the um, military between the two world wars and they're sort of littered around the the Kent coast. Um,
1: Yeah. um, You went to
2: Dung Ness, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so uh, aesthetically, these things look really interesting. And... um, there's kind of a, a link to radio because radar was developed and made them obsolete and and uh, I was kind of really fascinated by the idea that radio isn't just kind of the the black box in your kitchen that you listen to while you're doing the dishes or whatever. It's also um, it's it's a word that describes a large part of the electromagnetic spectrum that includes you know normal radio, TV, Wi-Fi, Internet, and all that sort of stuff. And also Earth signal, which is uh, the the Earth produces its own radio every time there's an electrical storm or a lightning strike or whatever. Radio waves are emitted, and uh, they're very large, and they bounce around the Earth, and you can tune into them if you're in an electrically quiet environment. But likewise, if you're in an electrically loud environment, such as the city or the studio, for example, if you were to turn on a receiver, um, you just hear this sort of 50 hertz hum but within that, you also have very interesting kind of frequency uh, variations. And so with all of this in mind, I began thinking about, um, you know, how how do you harness these energies and start talking about our acoustic ecology? Um, so um, there's a show, <laughs> uh, I, I, which sort of, I have one work, which is sort of triangulated. So there's an installation aspect that, Um, is composed of assemblages, little sculptures, maquettes that sort of resemble radio objects but they're made out of wires and pieces of wood that are found lying lying around the house and they kind of look like they might work but they actually have no function other than to just kind of sit there and look nice. And then uh, the second element is a performance which tries to get it all get out of all of these ideas. So imitating the sound of earth radio by using natural objects such as dry leaves or thistles or pine cones. And then bringing to focus the sort of what has come to become our natural um, electromagnetic environment, which is the sound of consumer electronics and the national grid, uh, affecting that and augmenting it to make it sound um, musical, I guess. Then bringing that away, transmitting uh, mini FM stations, Um, through many FM stations transmitting uh, field recordings that are local to the area where we're performing. And then finally, DJing pure earth signal as collected from uh, various sources on the internet. And then finally, the last element is uh, a documentary on radio art as a practice, which is in two parts and is going to be broadcast on the clear spot at 8pm on Wednesday and Thursday.
1: That was so smooth. On that's Resonance plugging. FM, that's Incredible. on Resonance twenty four point four FM, which you are currently listening to.
2: And so the show is um, also happening at Dulston Grove. On uh, the th- the opening is on the third of December, which is a Saturday, and the closing event uh, where I'll be performing with my collaborator Laura Michelle Smith will be on Saturday the tenth of December.
0: I, well, actually, just going back a little bit because so you're studying from MA in Sound Art, and I just I have to ask this question for our listeners who I think might not be familiar, although. Um I'm sure this question yeah, it doesn't really get asked in resonance very much because I think probably ninety percent of a show is broadcast this. But what actually is sound art? What does it actually mean?
2: Uh so sound art is a sort of um it's a very elusive term uh that talks about basically anything that is that uses sound as a medium and um that it's sort of kind of between music and noise, I guess. So um with music, you can sort of argue that you've got, um, you know, an instrument that, and you can play things that are sort of recognisable as notes. Um, but then, if you play something that's slightly less unrecognisable, I mean, this is a terrible example, but you know, that wouldn't be considered, um, you know, worthwhile composition if you were, if you went to a conservatoire. Uh, but um, within sound art, go ahead. If you can back it up with theory, then uh, it's all good.
0: So how did you get into sound art? Is it just that you tried to make some music and it sounded a bit wrong, so you were like, okay, that'll be sound art?
2: I think it's because I was listening, I was becoming increasingly more interested in music that did sound wrong. And it was, you know, it was released on labels, on records. I mentioned Sonny youth earlier. They're a very good gateway band into that sort of thing. So, like, why is why do people find this acceptable and listenable? And why do I like it? So, I, uh, you know, they'd mention a writer or a composer. Um, I remember getting into the Velvet Underground for the first time and they kept talking about this guy called John Cage. And I'm like, who's this guy? And you check him out and then slowly... And then through that, you sort of find out all these other ideas... Um, and which are very vast and interesting. But the thing to remember is just because it's labelled sound art uh, doesn't mean necessarily that it's good or it's listenable or that it's interesting. Um, there are loads of sort of um, aesthetic considerations, but philosophical considerations as well. It's a very um, dense
0: philosophical discipline. Okay, so I've got like a final question. I think it's my real question of the evening. In your email signature, because obviously that's another place that I gleaned a lot of information about you, it describes you as a Russian-born artist, journalist and broadcaster of Resonance FM, frontman of Sebastian Melmoth, solar sound as hypostasis, graphic design, grip there's a lot going on here actually. Grip actions as publications of feline vomitus, contributed to the quietest and the East End Review. But What about your laundrette photographing Tumblr? And it's particularly close to my heart because I used to live in a laundrette, or at least it was an industrial drapery, I think, or drapers. So what inspires you to photograph these places? Uh, Why obsessive laundrettes?
2: That comes out of my bachelor's degree where I studied book arts and design. And when I was doing that, I came across an artist called Ed Ruscha. And Ed Ruscha did a book uh, which is considered to be one of the first, um, you know, fine art, book art works uh, called 26 Gasoline Stations. So he was wandering the USA and he was taking photographs of these really boring, mundane structures um, and put them together in a book. He put the most boring-looking ones into the work. And um, with that in mind, I noticed that these structures, laundrettes, are kind of ubiquitous in London, but they're also under threat from gentrification, And a lot of them are really interesting from a sort of kitschy aesthetic point of view. So they'll have a shop front, you know, the lettering would be clearly there, like put in the 70s and hasn't been Mm. changed since. And some are newer and flashier, um, slightly less interesting. And I just thought Instagram was a perfect platform to just share these really deadpan, straight on photographs of um, these sort of quotidian places that personally, you know, I've never used a laundrette because I haven't needed to, but if I were to go into one, I'd try and find one with a really beautiful looking typeface frontage.
0: Do you think that might change your view on Andrettes if you actually experience uh, maybe it's better not to touch the dream <laughs> <laughs> and just hope that you always have a fully functioning I mean I do have a lot um, of underwear
2: mop. that needs to be washed so maybe that's a good opportunity to yeah, try one
0: that's true full yeah. circle well done guys okay i think that's almost all we have time for um do you want to do any plugging of your band and work because you said you have a cd out but you didn't say where we could purchase it oh yeah example. i mean you
2: can purchase it on bandcamp um purchase it on sebastian yeah just check out sebastian because we're really good book us for a show if you want to and i just want to say hi to pete i hope that your hospital visit goes well Tomorrow, because that's why he couldn't be here today. He's not feeling very well.
0: Okay, thanks very much. Um, you've been listening to various um, women. Follow us on Twitter at VLW Radio. Subscribe to our podcast.
2: In a universe, we could have been friends, but that's only because I like to pretend that your anecdotes flow as free as your hair, but your actions and words are as bland as a chair. My teeth are white razors of piss-up upward flesh, leaving scars to remind you it was never a test. Instead, it was a with on the block, a labyrinth walk, which ran in the Broadway, the not